Hello and welcome back. It's True Confessions Property Management. I'm your host, Rebecca Jenkins. And today, as always, we are hearing 100% real life stories from property management professionals. If you're a first responder, ER doc, or you work on the Hill in DC, I know you have OMG stories. But what most people don't realize is that property managers do too. In an industry where fire, flood, or blood is just a normal saying, we have to act professional in the most unprofessional moments. Today we're talking to Andrea and she has some amazing stories to share. Remember, all names have been altered, communities, locations, and companies excluded, and the only thing you're gonna hear is the juicy details of her stories. Enjoy! Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I hear you have some fun stories for us. I do. I have, I think, my, my top five from my property management career to share. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, the first one, and I would say... <clears throat> I would say my most memorable one, I don't know if I'll ever forget this, um, <clears throat> was, was at one of my first jobs. I was a leasing professional at the time. And in the middle of the night, I get a knock on my door. Um, I was living on site at the property at that time. And it's a resident who's at my door saying that she needs help with, with a situation that's going on in her apartment. So I go over, and I'd never met her before. I didn't know who she was, um, but I went over to the apartment, and it's a roommate dispute. Um, you know, the woman will uh, will call her Mary. Mary was wanting her roommate to get out. I didn't know if this roommate was on the lease or not, so I didn't really know what to do at that point. Nor should I have gotten involved. But I, there I was in the middle of the night. <laughs> she must have seen. She must have watched walked me at some point walk up to my apartment. Um, within the middle of this roommate spat. Well, fast forward to the next day, we ended up getting that figured out. Mary ended up transferring actually to a bigger apartment, which I thought was interesting. Um, and, uh, and, and the rest is, you know, from there kind of went forward. There was nothing else that we ended up hearing from Mary for quite a while. Well, <clears throat> I would say probably about six months later, I was walking the property with a coworker of mine and there is a cell phone. And at this point, nobody had smartphones. It was uh, flip phones. So there was like no security involved. Like you can open it and totally look through like everybody's everything, <laughs> like their pictures, their contacts, all that sort of stuff. Um, but our goal was to be able to figure out whose, uh, whose phone this was, because it was there actually in the middle of the snow um, in the middle of the day. So clearly somebody would have been looking for it. So what did we do? We opened up the phone and we were like, okay, maybe this is a resident. We'll take a look at a couple pictures and, uh, and see if we can figure out whose phone this is. And so we start looking through the pictures on this phone and we see some pictures of inside an apartment. And we immediately recognized that it was one of our apartments <clears throat> based on the materials and stuff that were in there. And then the next picture, we see a tiger, a tiger in one of our apartments. Like a real tiger. <laughs> like, like a real tiger. Not like, a stuffed animal. No, not a stuffed animal. In fact. <laughs> well, in I mean, fact, who sees that? I have to ask. <laughs> in fact, there, it was standing like up against the wall. Um, and it was a, you know, it was a, a baby tiger, like nothing. It was probably about the size of maybe a uh, mastiff dog. Like, so a big dog, but but a small tiger. That's still and it, a big tiger <laughs> to be in an apartment. I know. I mean, tigers shouldn't be in apartments. Anyway, this is such a bizarre conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so me and you know, my coworker at the time, um, we were looking, we're like, oh my gosh, where is this? And then we see this tiger standing up against the wall and there's like a leash hanging on the wall and like these big dog bowls. So they'd literally set this tiger up in the apartment, like, like a dog, um, with a leash and everything. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where they're going to take it out on a walk, but. And how have um, you not gotten reports from neighbors yet? I, exactly. <laughs> So we keep flipping through the pictures and hopefully find, you know, a picture of who the resident is or something that will tell us who this resident is. Well, lo and behold, we see a picture of Mary, the girl who was having the roommate spat a few mm-hmm. months earlier <laughs> to figure out that it's her apartment that this tiger's in. So meanwhile, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, were they getting in a fight, her and her roommate, about this tiger <laughs> a few months ago? And, like, was I in an apartment with the tiger? Like, was that the issue? Because I really never knew what the issue was. So, anyway, we head back to the office. I still want to get Mary her phone back and also uh, figure out what the situation is with the tiger. Um, obviously, maybe she didn't realize, like, that was an unauthorized pet. <laughs> in our apartment can be. Um, so I give her a call and I, and I actually get her on the phone. I'm talking to her and I'm like, Hey, you know, Mary, um, did you happen to lose your phone? And she's like, yes, I did. Did you find it? I said, I did. I said, and you know, in order for me to figure out whose phone it was, I actually had to look through your pictures. And she got so quiet. <laughs> she didn't say Busted. <laughs> I said, um, <clears throat> so you probably know I came across a picture of the tiger <laughs> in your apartment. And she goes, yeah. And I was like, you know that you can't have a tiger in one of our apartments. She goes, it's not there anymore. I said, would it be okay if we have some folks come over and just check it out right now? And she goes, I'll be there in five minutes. I'll give you a call when I get home. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so we could have reasonably sent some somebody from our team into an apartment with a tiger in there. <laughs> so when you checked it out, she had removed it? Uh, yes. So she, this particular lady, I did not realize it at the time, but she was um, an exotic dancer. So I guess it ended up, she ended up sharing with one of our service uh, team members that uh, it was part of one of her acts. <laughs> <laughs> she brought it home with her. So we had to send her something in writing saying that, that tigers or any exotic animals are not permitted on our property. And did you have to check up later? Like, did you go back in a few months and see? Well, you know, that was a tricky situation because, you know, you don't want to send anybody into an apartment that could be dangerous, <laughs> right? So um, she ended up actually moving relatively soon after that. So that ended up being uh, <laughs> in everybody's benefit. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I mean, we've heard some weird stories of pets on this show, but not a tiger. Yeah. That's so bizarre. (laughs) It totally is. So like I said, one of my most memorable, memorable stories. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So the next story I want to share is pretty outrageous too. Um, this is also when I was leasing and, you know, it's just so crazy. Some of, I, I was thinking back on some of the best stories to share and it's just so funny how so many of them were when I was leasing. And I really think that's what, uh, trapped me in this, uh, <laughs> in the industry, in this crazy fun industry, right? It's just always something cool and interesting. That's, that's happening. <laughs> yes, I agree. <clears throat> So I rented an apartment to this couple and I remembered them because they seemed a little shady. You know, you can always, when you're working with folks kind of, I don't know, 
sense that maybe they're not quite sharing everything with you, which is okay. They don't need to share everything with you. But every once in a while, I would get that feeling that like, okay, there's something else going on here. Don't really know what it is, but <clears throat> whatever. So they ended up applying for an apartment and um, it was a, an older guy and, uh, and he was the one who kind of seemed a little off. And a girl that was with him was probably, I would say, at least half of his age. Um, she barely looked legal. We'll just say it that way. And she didn't say a lot. He asked a lot of the questions. They ended up qualifying and renting and they moved in. Um, and uh, <clears throat> and then that's that. One day. When they, they sorry, quick yeah. question. When they yeah. qualified, she was legal. So did they qualify where they were both on the apartment? Yeah, they did. And did they, they did. both have like the same last name or was it? You know, I don't remember. I don't. Oh, okay, that's not I don't part of the story. That they were, I don't believe that they were married, but um, you know, oftentimes a lot of people move in who aren't, so it didn't seem like that in itself didn't seem shady. But they were clearly together, is what you're saying. Yes, they were okay. clearly together, and they both applied, and they were on the lease. They, you know, they got approved. Got um, it. Moved in, <clears throat> and you know, I. I you just move on from there, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you just move in. Um, so then one day at the office, you know, where this particular community was that we were located, the the leasing office was positioned so that you could actually kind of see the rooftops of all of the um, apartments, like everything that you managed. And there was really no reason for people to come into this area because it was kind of its own little um, like nook in the city. So like, unless you were coming to visit somebody or you lived at our community, there was no reason for you to go through any of the main streets right there. So anyway, so anytime somebody drove by, you either really, you either knew it, knew who it was or they were somebody who was coming to lease or they were a guest of a of a resident <clears throat> so um when that when you have like a community set up like that when there's like emergency vehicles that are coming in you definitely notice because you know it's definitely <laughs> for something that's happening at your community so i would say it was early early in the day probably like 10 or 11 a.m <clears throat> and all of a sudden we see these um, emergency vehicles coming in and they are uh they are kind of coming on the backside of our community and they have their siren, they have their lights on, but no sirens. And so it's like cop cars and ambulances and, and fire trucks. And, <clears throat> and then these other vehicles are coming in like with them, but they weren't like emergency vehicles. So of course, all of us in the office are like, what is going on? Um, because normally, if there is anything that's happening at your community, we had such a great relationship with uh, the local authorities that typically they would they would let us know if there was going to be something big happening at our community. We usually um, had a heads up on that. So in this case, we had no idea. And all of a sudden, we are looking across the horizon and we see these little specks kind of coming up off of the top of the roof. And... <clears throat> We're looking harder and we notice it they're like they're snipers on top on top of our roofs and not just like one roof they were on top of like our entire community's roof and they're aiming at at a particular building and so in my head I'm thinking okay who lives over there who lives there at? right you're trying to like put the pieces together because I'm not going to go run outside <laughs> And no, you got to go to lockdown. <laughs> Absolutely. Now you're in lockdown. You can't go anywhere. Right. Right. So we're watching as all this happens. And so finally, whatever they're going to do, they've done. And 
And then shortly thereafter, as we kind of see some, you know, commotion happening over in that area of the community, somebody finally comes into the office and they tell us who moved in. And of course, it's this shady guy and his girlfriend <laughs> that they were, um, that they were trying to get. And uh, it, okay, so for me, I'm thinking, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> that was something a little shady. You're like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then come to find out, what had happened is they had given us a false identity. Um, so that's how they got approved. They weren't actually who they said they were, um, unfortunately. And, uh, and they had been storing drugs in all of the HVAC uh, system. And Shut so, <laughs> yes. So not only did this huge activity happen um, and, you know, they had to like break down the door and, you know, all that sort of stuff. We lost a lease. <laughs> Yeah, we, we had less occupancy at that point, um, but they also had to completely dismantle this apartment to uh, to get to all of these drugs. So apparently, this guy was like a drug lord of some kind, um, <clears throat> and it's so funny because after I found out that uh, that that's what happened, I started thinking back on the conversations I had with him. And part of the reason I thought he was so strange is because he kept asking me questions about the HVAC system. He was like, so do we share like vents with neighbors? And um, cause I want to be able to control my own heating and air conditioning and I don't want to have to smell anybody else's food or anything like that. And I remember thinking, gosh, this guy's really, really has a thing for HVAC systems. <laughs> Lo and behold, he had yet another reason to be concerned with the HVAC systems. <laughs> wanted to store its drugs. What kind of drugs are we talking here? <clears throat> oh, I think probably a good mix. I don't know that they necessarily shared that with us in particular, mm -hmm. but um, he was apparently on like a most wanted list. So uh, that's terrifying. Pretty serious. Pretty serious. How did and they wind up finding him? Did they ever tell you since he used a false identity? Was it just that their investigation culminated at your apartment community? Yeah, I guess so. So I guess they kind of had tracked him to um, to our area and had kind of been tracking him as he moved in. And so all along the way, they were just kind of waiting for the opportunity and enough uh, evidence to be able to, to finally nab him. Oh, that's both terrifying and extremely um, outrageous in the story. <laughs> you just never know. Sometimes you take these people on tour and you know, like last episode, we talked about some of the safety and why it came about. And this is, these are the reasons why, like you absolutely toured and rented to a drug lord. Like that's terrifying. But at the same time, he was just trying to continue being shady. So you were probably never in any harm. Right. It's so true. But at the same time, isn't it amazing how accurate our intuition can be? Yes. Yeah, like, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know that I would have toured with him if he didn't have his girlfriend with him. I think, and I know that that's not right, but I perhaps maybe would have called somebody to come along with me and kind of mm -hmm. do a shadow situation had that, had that, had it just been him. So it is amazing. Yes. Those little things along the way make me just continue to try to like be aware of that because it is so true. You know, we, we have a great job and we work with some awesome people, but we also work with a lot of people who you don't know who they are, you know, unfortunately is, is best exactly. to try. Yeah. Very good point about intuition. Good story. Thanks. All right. You ready for another one? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. So, um, oftentimes people will call into the office for noise complaints. Like that's something that comes up pretty often. We got a noise complaint one day and, um, 
it was regarding a neighbor, of course, calling in saying that um, the person who was above them was being really obnoxious and that they hadn't had this problem before and they felt really bad calling, but it was really interrupting their their work during the day. So this wasn't a nighttime type of issue. This was a daytime type of issue. And so, of course, you know, my brain's going to, well, you know, people are able to make a little bit more noise during the day. We have quiet hours and those are at night, not during the day. So that probed me to ask a little bit more um, about it and say, you know, well, what what kind of noises are you hearing? And she's like, well, I don't mean to be lewd, but they're like, you know, intimacy noises. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, and I know which apartment it's coming from because they have their window open. It's almost like they want for me to hear. (laughs) So I'm trying to be all professional on the phone. I swear, they always keep their windows open and they live by the pool. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you for that. You know, so immediately your mind is like, okay, who is that resident? Like, I knew who the lady who was calling in was, but I didn't know who the other resident was right off the bat. So then on top of, on top of that, I have the lovely duty of now notifying this other resident (laughs) that there's been a noise complaint and that, you know, we still need to be respectful of other people, you know, (laughs) at all times. Um, So I call and, uh, and, and, I, and I get her on the phone, um, and I tell her that there's been a noise complaint at her, you know, from her apartment, and I was hoping to talk with her about it. Well, she was irritated and was like, listen, I'm at work right now. I don't have time to talk about this. I need to give you a call back later, but I'm not even home, so you guys probably have the apartment wrong, but I'll give you a call back. So I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh, she's, she's not home. <laughs> What's well, you're sure that it's that apartment? Well, you know, it, I, I figured my approach at this point is going to not be to share all the details with her, but just to say that I was doing a little bit of investigation. We'd gotten a noise complaint, which is what I did. When she did, she did actually call back and she was irritated once again. And she's like, I don't know what you're calling about, but I'm not at home right now. I'm actually out of town. And I said, okay, I'm so sorry to bother you. I just, um, I'm doing a little bit of investigation because we share so many walls and floors and, and that sort of stuff. I just wanted to see if I might be able to um, ask you if you've experienced any of this noise. And she's like, no, I haven't experienced any noise. I don't hear anything. She's like, and you know, I travel a lot, but when I am there, I don't have any issues. So I'm like, okay, that's okay. That's fine. If you have any issues, please let me know. So I I leave it at that, right? I'm not going to call the whole building about this. I just figure, okay, well, we haven't had, this hasn't been a pervasive issue. I'm just going to let it be. Well, I get another complaint the next day from the same lady. She's like, didn't you call them and tell them it's so rude I'm on these business calls and it is like really obnoxious so so I get I I get I'm like is it happening right now she's she's calling me while it's happening she's like yes it's happening right now come over here so of course I I walk over (laughs) because I need to figure out whose apartment this is right and I certainly don't want this this poor lady who's calling in placing the complaints who's having to be like subject to this on business calls to have to do any more investigation So I go over and it is in fact the apartment that I called originally, okay? (laughs) And I do verify that it is obnoxious, like completely, like just, just obnoxious. So, so I call her back again. Um, I call the, the resident who lived above who is out of town again. And I, and I tell her, 
that I actually went over there and I verified myself. And she's like, well, that is impossible. It can't be my apartment. I'm not home. And then she gets real quiet <laughs> and says, I think I know what's happening. My boyfriend has a key to the apartment. And I just sit there and I don't even know what to say. I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, I'm going to need to call you right back. Um, yes. <laughs> How uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uncomfortable for her and me. That's, I'm, t- I'm always thinking about you. Poor residence thing. to residence. No, oh that's an offer for you. <laughs> So she calls us back and says, how much money do I have to pay you to change the keys? I'll swing by on my way and get a new one. So that's how that ended. (laughs) I assume, she didn't tell me that they broke up, but I assume that that's how that ended. So that little scoundrel was using his girlfriend's apartment to cheat on her. Yeah. Uh, And and wanted all the neighbors to know, apparently, too. (laughs) What a jerk. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yep. I know. Well, now you never had that issue again because it wasn't even your resident to begin with. He it's shouldn't true. have even been there. It's true. I felt so bad for her, though. I really did. When she came in to get her keys, I could just tell that she was like mortified. Poor thing. But, you know, I like to think that I did her a favor in a roundabout way. You did her a favor, and I also feel like everyone's human so yes you don't like to get your like dirty laundry aired to people who you have it's more you know like leasing people and property management people are in a professional setting but your home is so personal and sometimes it gets awkward when you have to mix the two but at the end of the day everyone's human and that is seriously not even the worst thing that we're going to hear probably in the month so (laughs) if she only had a little perspective that you just found a tiger in another apartment (laughs) she wouldn't feel so bad She'd know that that one definitely isn't nearly as shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, I want to share one more story with you. Okay. And this is one about a rescue. Um, I think that probably, this is probably pretty common at a lot of property management companies, but we were doing kind of our morning, um, sparkle in the day so you know you drive around this was at a garden style community you know you get in your golf cart and you drive around in the morning and you're kind of going to the models and making sure everything looks great and you're driving around the community making sure there's not like trash or anything like that anywhere you know because you're gonna be taking people to, to tour during the day and everything too so just wanting to make sure everything looks really good well <clears throat> I don't know it's probably maybe 9 9 a.m. I would say something along those lines and we hear this barking and we cannot tell where it's coming from. And we're driving around the community, we're driving around the community. And it's like, um, this dog is like barking like violently. And we're trying to figure out just, I mean, <laughs> not only do we care about the dog, but we also just want to make sure that we're not going to get any complaints about it because it was like a, um, 
it was a loud, like really deep bark that we knew, especially at that time of the day, we were bound to get some phone calls. So I'm like, okay, so before we get back and have the ability to, <laughs> to answer the phone, let's just try to find the dog and figure out where it's coming from right now. Um, and we drove around the community, like, and this was a really big community, I would say 400 units, but it was garden style. So it was really big. So I would say we spent a good 10 minutes trying to drive around and figure out what this dog is coming from. And it's almost like this bark was echoing. And finally, we look up. Once we get to a place where we're like, I feel like it's coming from this area. And we look up, and sure enough, there's a basset hound on the third floor, so on the roof of a, of a three-story building. And <clears throat> he's trying to jump. He's like, he's desperate what? to get off. Yeah, he's desperate to get off of this roof. And he's like sliding and <clears throat> catching himself on the gutter. And, um, and we're freaking out now that we know where he, where this bark is coming from and that this dog is on a roof. Now it's no longer about stopping the bark. It's about getting this dog off of the roof. Like saving him. Safely. Yes. So <clears throat> we have to go around the building to try to figure out like a good way for us to be able to, to try to get to him because we're thinking, okay, well, we can call 911 right now. I mean, that was our first reaction, but like, how long is it going to take them to get here? And now that he sees us and knows we saw him, he's going to try to jump. So we, we lead him over to the other side of the building that kind of had like a, a little step down on the roof. So he's no longer on the third, up three stories. It was just two stories. <laughs> So, um, so he's still barking from, from now two stories up and right below where the, uh, <laughs> right below where that roof is, like kind of the eave that he's standing on, there's a patio. Well, we don't have time to go back to the office and figure out who's, <laughs> whose apartment is it to see if we can get in or get a key or something like that. Instead, there's kind of like this, um, there's a, uh, a porch right that's kind of underneath this uh, or a balcony that's underneath this little eave and then what's supporting that balcony is um, like a column with like a gutter on it <laughs> so we decided we need to get up to that balcony and try to rescue this dog because he's going to jump off so like I'm thinking if I'm standing up I can reach him at the top and at least try to like kind of guide him down a little bit how big of a dog are we talking like puppy or full-on full-grown basset like, hound like full-on basset hound okay like, this is a like a full-grown basset hound and I feel so bad for him so I, like I love basset hounds and I can just see like the terror in his eyes <laughs> he's like I'm gonna jump I can't stay up here I don't know what the heck happened so we crawl <laughs> We pull the, the golf cart over and we crawl up the side of the golf cart to get on the roof to then climb up the rest of the column to get on the little outside of this balcony um, that kind of had like a half wall that you could stand on sure. to get up there. <laughs> so there's the two, or the, two, the two leasing agents who are climbing up this balcony trying to get this dog down. All of a sudden a resident pulls up who has a, who has a truck. <laughs> <laughs> a big, big truck. And they're like, do you need any help? I'm like, yes, we would love some help. So we're up there. Meanwhile, she has one side of the dog reaching up. We finally get the dog to kind of put one of its paws in our hands while we're holding with one of our arms each onto this column to support us to be up on the second floor. And she has the back side of the dog and we're able to pull it down. And then this guy who happened to be pretty tall was in the back of his pickup truck and we were able to hand it to him to get him onto the ground. Oh, <sighs> oh my gosh. I'm so glad HR wasn't watching me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the puppy got saved. 
<laughs> it was all worth it in the end. How did it get up? Did you ever determine? Yes. So um, we did. We ended up finding out who his owner was. Um, and uh, and I guess what ended up happening is the dog must have what, that same balcony that we actually ended up crawling up on top of. It must have pushed over like one of the side tables and ended up crawling up that way. I guess there was kind of like a little stair step thing on the side of the um, the bricks that it was able to kind of like work its way up there. So, so it thought it was just trying to get outside. It didn't know it was up a few floors. Yes, yes, exactly. So it must have gotten up there and then got completely freaked out and then was trying to jump off. So it wasn't up there for too long because we'd heard it barking since it started. But, um, oh my gosh, so lesson learned, just because a dog has uh, short legs doesn't mean that it can't jump or climb high. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you found his owner and that that was looking <laughs> A fabulous reuniting story. <laughs> yes, it was. And one that I'll never forget either. So um, here to save the day again, property oh. management professionals. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Andrea, for sharing your stories. They were phenomenal and you've been a wonderful guest. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Are you a property management professional? Do you have your own crazy outlandish stories? They might not be a tiger found in an apartment, but I know that you have those OMG moments that you've come across in your professional career, and I'd love to hear them and feature you on an upcoming podcast. Visit my website, multifamilytrainer.com, click podcast and fill out the form. That does it for episode number 21 of True Confessions Property Management. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe or leave a review. Till next time, I'm Rebecca Jenkins, the multifamily trainer, signing off. Have a wonderful week.